Hey, yo, Internet, support for today's episode of the Combat Jack Show comes from Bevel. I know y'all are tired of hiding those nasty razor bumps and ingrowns when y'all use them Gillettes and them orange razors and Harry's or whatever the fuck, boys, they try to deliver to your doorstep, man. Stop doing that shit, man. This Bevel shaving system is the first and only shaving system designed for people with coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. I just recently had a, a, a fucking epiphany. Um, I stopped using Bevel. Um, I don't know why I'm hard-headed. I, I, I always got Tristan on the jack, but I didn't want to bother him. I ran out of blades. I, I, my trimmer was not working. I went to see the Dominicans around the way. It was a holiday season. They fucked my shit up to this day. Like, like to this day, I still have scabs and scars on my head. I, I feel like such a unworthy representative of Bevel, but now I've seen the light. And I share it with you. Do not do that shit to yourselves. Don't do that shit to your loved ones. Don't let your daughter see the back of your head on Father's Day. Talking about why is daddy fucking melting. Don't do it. And listen, like I said, Father's Day is around the corner, man. Surprise your pops. And su- surprise your, your ma- if you got a, if you got a baby father, if you got a, a husband, your brother's got, you know what I'm saying? Just get them the bevel for Father's Day. Get $30 off a 90-day supply of your bevel shave system when you visit getbevel.com slash jack. Once again, tell them I sent you for Father's Day. $30 off a 90 supply of the bevel shave system when you visit getbevel.com slash jack. It's time for dad to start shaving smarter, man. Take care of your dad, man. Don't fuck off with them fucking stupid socks and get him a bevel. And now back to the show. You know what it is. You are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the, po- the Combat Jack Show podcast. Hey, King, what's going on, sir? I'm glad to, ah, I'm glad to be here, beloved. Really? How was L.A., man? You were out on uh, the West Coast. Yes, I was weekend, out on the West Coast. Yeah? First time in L.A. First time in L.A., man. Yes. How were our peoples, man? It was it, oh, awesome, awesome. Everything was cool. Um, L.A. is very interesting, man. It's not a lot of different... The scene is is, is is very diverse. You know what I mean? I wish I could stay there a little bit longer. Would you say it's more diverse than New York City? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in New York? Come on, bruh. Listen, I was, Come in, on, bro. I was you, in the hood. You, you, you smoked that weed. You smoked that good. You, you smoked allegedly, that good weed. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. I was in the hood one day, and then yeah. I was like in uh, Sunset the next. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's say. a whole different thing. Right, 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 right. I guess you could compare it to like being in Brownsville before gentrification and then being in Soho. Right, right, right. You know right, what I mean? Right. But it's beautiful, man. Okay, well, welcome back, man. Yeah. Um, do we have any announcements to make, man? We're going to L.A. next month in June, right? Yes, we're going to L.A. We're doing um, a live show in, in L.A.? Yes. Okay. Um, More details, you know, on the way. What's the window of time that we'll be out there? End of June. End of June. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere in the 20s. Okay, we haven't done a, a Combat Jack show live. In show LA. in LA, no, in what a I, long time. They've been they've been calling us though. Absolutely, we get and, a lot of love out there. Yeah, and uh, also, LA, what up? And two other cities <laughs> been uh, harping on this on on the Twitter, uh, Chicago and we got to uh, go to and, Chicago, and Boston. Boston, Boston been popping up. Hard. Boston is hard though, man. But it, they want us to come to uh, Berkeley, Bo- Bo- the Berkeley, the Ber- Berkeley College. Boston is hard though, man, because Boston is a is a. It's an interesting city when it comes down to like hip hop. No, let's, let me talk. Let me talk for a second. <laughs> it's just a very interesting city. Yeah. 
And you know, you know, we uh, the homie Static Selector, mm-hmm. you know, has been here. You know, what I'm saying uh, we haven't had um, Ray Benzino. Well, Ben, we got to get Benzino. Um, I mean, we, we we fuck with a lot of Boston cats, but Boston is such a strange yeah. city, man. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and Boston, <laughs> I'm not saying we don't fuck with y'all because we do fuck with y'all because y'all give us a lot of love. But I mean, I'll, Boston is the first city that I've ever been calling the word nigga. You know what I'm saying I've encountered mm. so much racism. This is in your college days. No, this is when I was eight years old. Oh shit! You know what I'm saying, and 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 I've encountered over the years so much racism yeah. in Boston that I really don't understand the the, the, the relationship between hip hop culture and such a racist metropolitan city. You know what I mean? It's 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 a, it's a weird place. It is. We'll figure that shit out. And 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 it's and, and it's kind of hard for me to like figure out like. Who we would love to have represented on the on that stage with, with the Combat Jack show. We might have to go NBA with it, man. What do you mean NBA? Paul Pierce. What you mean, man? Oh, you just go to NBA to get yes, a get a basketball player. Basketball player. Or, or, and then and then Boston, they, they into the three stripes too much, man. The, the Adidas shit. I don't even <laughs> understand that. What up, Boston? Listen, man. Listen. Um, internet. I, I hope you guys have been tuning in um, to the project that uh that that we just released with Spotify and Gimlet Media uh, Mogul. The life and death of Chris Lighty. We are now on the fifth episode. It just well, dropped fourth. It, fifth episode. It just dropped today. Um, it gets dark. Um, people are are, are are telling us that this is the next level in urban podcasting. I love the support for people that are overseas. Our, our, our Canadian fans, people that are in the UK, Australia, all you motherfuckers that have been complaining that it's not available outside of the U.S. on June sixteenth. Mogul, the life and death of Chris Lighty will be available on all platforms, and in all almost all territories. So Canada, UK, you guys are gonna get it next month. It's it's the greatest body of work that I've ever done, and and for the people that are listening to it and and, and are championing it, thank you. Um, recently, man, I've been caught up in this. You know, I hate I hate like my time has been so crazy <coughs> mm-hmm. that I hate when I get caught up in this these binge these binges. Mm. You know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> I tried to binge into like the whole Iron Fist thing because right. I'm a you know a nerd like that, but I haven't really you know I didn't finish Iron Fist. Um, and then I've been looking at some old shit too, like Naruto and like just a whole bunch of stuff that I don't traditionally look at, man. Right. But um, recently I got caught up into this whole dear white people thing, man. Mm. And, and at first, like I, I watched the first episode, and then I kind of backed off from it. And then I watched the first episode again. And then the second and the third. And next thing I was like, yo, I'm like, I'm, it's, ten, it's 10 episodes. And I'm like, I went on, on episode eight, like all night, like all night. <laughs> like I can't get out of this, like this, 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 this chamber, man. So um, I'm really excited, man, because it's, it's a great, you haven't seen it yet. No, I had some issues with my Netflix uh you just, gotta, you just gotta pay your bill, B. No, my, stop. You just gotta get just pay your bill, bro. <laughs> my bills are paid. If bro. your bills are paid. <laughs> see, okay, dear white people. When a black person is saying they're having no, issues no, with their Netflix, no, it means they haven't no, paid, no. or their cousin no. and them who has not, who's been paying the bill, has not paid their bill, or you haven't been comfortable enough to call customer service because something ain't right, my niggas. So stop fronting. That's not me. What, so what's it? Was it where you nah, sweaty? I have a keep, No, no, I'll get to it. We're getting ready to travel. I'll get to it while we 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 on the road. Okay, you about to pay that bill to me? No, no. <laughs> Yo, Atlanta, what up? I know this show comes out uh, a week after we 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 grace your 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 lovely city. Yeah. But we're coming to Atlanta again. Let's stop fucking around. Listen, internets. We're talking about dear white people. I'm very very excited to welcome to the Combat Jack show the creator of Dear White People, Justin Simeon, and the lovely 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 
Logan Browning. Welcome to the Combat Jack What's show, y'all. What's going on? Thank you. Good to be here. Do y'all so know anything good. about this? About you? About yeah, about the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, you oh. fuck you, you <laughs> fucked with us? Yeah. What? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, man. You know what I love about your show is it's the first show that I've seen that reminds me, and it's been a long it's been a long time since I was in college. But it reminds me of my experience at Cornell University. Right on. Mm-hmm. You know, going up to Ithaca University, I mean, going up to Ithaca, um, town of Ithaca, coming from urban Brooklyn at a time when Brooklyn was just being ravaged, like, by the crack ep- epidemic and the whole nine, and going to this, like, this, 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 this beautiful, like, idyllic environment. And, you know, definitely all these white students, but then because of the size of the student body, a pretty decent, you know, a pretty robust student body of color yeah and assuming that i'm gonna find my place and then the four years there i'm like well who where do i where do you fit fit in who am i in this milieu because i'm not this kid from atlanta i'm not this kid from ohio Mm -hmm. and it's like the different classes like i'm assuming everybody's from the hood you know so can we talk about you know what inspired you to write this man i mean you know it really started i was in college (laughs) Uh, senior year, and I was kind of the same way because when I first joined, I remember my my freshman year, uh, I was sitting in like the space where the Black Student Union meets, and I was like hanging out with my whites, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just waiting for the, the meeting to start because I wanted to join. I wanted to see what they were talking about, <laughs> and this woman comes in and she's like, "Hey, so we're about to do the Black Student Union meeting, and we're gonna need you guys to leave." And she was just so dismissive of me because I was sitting with white people. Mm. It took me like really kind of like my four years there to like fall into like a group of black people right. honestly that, that like I got along with and liked and I remember because uh, you know I was pretty active in the BSU uh, towards the end of my time at Chapman and um, I remember we were just sitting around talking it was like three of us and we were like best friends but we kind of like we, we didn't love all of the other people that we were around right and we were having this conversation about like we just hang out with these people because they're black as well right and we were just having we just ended up having this conversation i was like i've never heard this conversation in a movie before like this, this it's, sort it's of, never it's n- i don't think it's ever been yeah depicted in a movie or on television well because i think like oftentimes with black black movies and shows and, and this is not a, a slight but it, it's you know it's the black experience among black people but my black experience has always been among white people right it's always been like trying to figure out who i am and and, and where my tribe is among a group of people who have assumptions about me positive or negative uh you know having to navigate uh what i am in society now you're the first person that i've met that's gone to Chapman because my, my, my 19 year old son attends Chapman right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And he seems to be loving it. Yeah, yeah. And when I look at his IG or his Snapchats, he's <laughs> yeah, having a ball. I don't see no black people in. <laughs> what's, 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 what's the black population like at Chapman, it, man? It's low, man. Yeah. It's really low. I, I don't. And know. it's a small college. It's a small. It's Yeah, it's already a small college to right. begin with. I mean, I'll say this. I was a film student. So, like, the film school was, is you know, was already international. And you had, like, you know, different kind of folks. I'm not saying it was the most diverse place I ever went right. to, but the film school was all right. It was really just the town itself, and I, I encountered so many people that literally just had never met a black person before. It was it was a culture shock, because I'm from Houston. Houston was just named the most diverse city in, in the country. Wow. And I went to performing arts high school, so I was constantly around people of literally every gender, right. race, sexual orientation. So I go from there to like Old Town Orange, where there's Confederate flags hanging, even though it's not the South, and wow. everyone's white. Like mm. It was a culture shock. To say the least, yeah. Now, now, Logan, what's your what's your collegiate experience? So I started off at Vanderbilt my freshman year, 
had the best time. Um, it was similar to Winchester in the sense of we had a black cultural center and, of course, mostly white campus. Um, and we would we would convene in this black cultural center all of our events. I had like you know classes there, um, and then my personal experience, I started to bounce around because I was working. I was I right. took a leave of absence from Vandy, and I was still a working actor, so I went to UCLA Extension and Cal State LA back home in Georgia, and um, yeah, so it's just been kind of a bouncing around. That's kind of how my high school was, though, because I've, I've been working since I was 14, right. so I went to four different high schools, and I homeschooled myself, so I feel like I've gotten, and it's interesting, my parents, um, I went to private school, and I went to public school. Like, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood in a mostly black county. So the public school I went to was mostly black, but the people I was yeah. around when I went home were mostly white. It's I've always been in kind of those like strange circumstances either way. I and I'd say strange because I think when you're in any place that's like all one thing, sometimes it can seem it's not normal. I think normal is a, a melting of everyone, but um yeah, that's Let me ask you um how close or how personal is Sam White's personal struggle or journey to yours? Pretty, pretty close. Um, I'm always trying to figure out where I fit in. Um, I mean, I I grew up with parents who, I mean, made sure I knew I was black in a positive way. And I was in Georgia that made sure I knew I was black in a not so positive way. And... Um, I, I think I relate to Sam in that way. And also, actually, I think Sam is struggling to, like, prove a lot of her blackness. Well, she has to because she put her, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil this, but she definitely, you know, talked that talk. Yeah. And now she has to walk that walk. Yeah. And I think people look to her for that, too. Right. And I think that um, because she showed an interest in it early, people like Reggie, who were close to her, um, I'm rooting for Reggie, by the way. <laughs> you team Reggie? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Hashtag Reggie. Hashtag team Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> team Reggie. Well, people like Reggie, like, kind of they put it on her. You know, they saw her interest. They saw that that spark and, and made her the leader. And because she's capable, she went in that direction. But that's a lot on a young person's shoulders. I mean, think about millennials now who are being activists. You know, you've got the gorgeous Miss Yara Shahidi. And think about yes. things that are on her shoulders. You know, she showed interest in activism. And now people look to her. She's, like, about to go to prom and she's mm. a speak she's speaking on behalf of black people everywhere you know when i think back on my on my on on the anxiety that i had in college it's, I, I can't even relate to it now because you know it's so far you know I've, I've lived so much and the things that seem so silly to me right now were just so life and death mm -hmm. like i remember mm -hmm. like if i got the wrong haircut oh, i yeah. fucked up oh, you know what i'm saying yeah, or yeah, if i dated yeah. the wrong person right that wasn't in this particular circle, what right. kind of social cachet was I gaining right. or I losing? How were you able to maintain that that level of anxiety and that level of confusion? <laughs> really, it, you know, this this has been a project that you've been working on for such a long for time. For a long time, yeah. And it's, yet it still it feels so fresh. Yeah, thank you, man. I mean, listen, I don't think it ever fully goes away. Right. You know, I think this tension of, like, who I am, because who we really are is always changing and evolving and growing, and it, we're always going deeper and deeper. But what we are has to kind of stay a little fixed in order for us to like move around in society. So we never really leave that conflict of identity versus self. Um, but in college, it's certainly very pronounced. And right. I remember, I mean, you know, I go back to middle school and I was like, 
I was such a bad black kid because like were you je- you showing out, man? Well, no, it's just like my jeans were always creased the wrong way. My oh. hair, like my S curl, never like went through. My finger waves never went through. My mom always like got me the wrong shoes. You had a J curl, man. No, I tried. See, I tried to get the waves because that was the thing. But like, I was too lazy to like brush it. You said so a J curl. I, I had, no, it lasted for like a couple days because like I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, what the hell did I just do? But I was just I was bad at all the things that like the black kids around me were really good at. Right. Like you struggled at, you struggled with black cool. Oh yeah. What, <sighs> oh, I struggled with black cool and and particularly where I went to wow. middle school, I wasn't really accepted by any of the right. major groups. I mean, right. I was a misfit for sure right. in middle school and uh yeah, I mean, I remember my mom bought me like the Shacks when everyone had Jordans <laughs> and it was just like I just could never like get it right. right. Did you ever get it right though? I don't think Are so. Are you still you still trying to get it right? No, I'm not trying to get it right, right. anymore. I think that's the difference. Isn't that the beauty of it though? Yeah. Like, isn't that the like I, I tell people at my age right now that that I'm not trying to get it right because yeah, I'm so care. comfortable. I don't care. In my, in, yeah, I don't. I'm good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But at that age, how do you tell? Like you know what I'm saying? Like when I see my 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 18 year old going through something, I'm like, yo, this is cockeye, and, they, and they're like, no, you don't understand that. I'm like, no, I do understand. You, but yeah. they can't possibly understand because they're not looking at it from the vantage point. What well, I'm looking at. Well, it's one of the reasons I made the show right. is to sort of, if, you know, it's a bunch of characters who are kind of stuck in their identities, for better or for worse, frankly. I think Lionel needs an identity in the yes. show. And so, you know, they all have different relationships with their identity, and I hope I hope people who are their age and people who aren't their age can see themselves in the characters and maybe rethink, you know, how important it is they're seen. I mean, listen, there's still people out here like, you know, my brand, my brand this, my brand that, this is my brand. And it's like... Well, who the fuck are you? Yeah, but a brand is like, it's... A brand is a fixed identity, mm-hmm. and you know what was the person who thinks they are what they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let, let's talk about what you just mentioned: identity versus self. Because you, you've spoken a lot about that. And what yeah. is the, what is the difference to people that haven't heard this conversation or this discussion or this explanation? I mean, to me, identity is um, it's how you interact with society. It's like you know, it's it's your identifying. Uh, uh, thing. So, like, you know, I'm a black gay filmmaker. Like, that's my identity. You know, I talk about, you know, racial politics. Like, that's part of my identity. Um, but that's really, like, the person that I am in navigating with the world in terms of, like, my professional career, when I'm in interview situations. You know, that's, like, my public persona. But when I go home, I'm a lot more than those things. Like, those things are part of me, but, like, there's a lot else going on. And I think both are important like you really can't especially when you're part of a marginalized community you can't just go out there just being yourself and, and expect to be unapologetically yeah, you it, it's it's really difficult for us to do that and find success in this country but it's important to nurture who i really am when i'm at home <laughs> and when i'm and when i'm not having to be something you know for other people or or to advance some aspect of my career you know which is why it's 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 so entertaining to watch sam's character because she's in this even in this small setting she's constantly code switching mm-hmm. which is what we do you know as oh, people yeah. of color totally. we're masters at code switching you know Absolutely. what i mean and and but, but do you feel that that white people have to code switch as much or not necessarily so i mean we i don't have that yeah perspective i don't know them that intimately but i would assume <laughs> that they don't have to because they're the they don't have to right. yeah i mean thought about it 
Yeah, I, I don't think white people. White people, the thing is, generally speaking, they have the luxury of not having to. They're the that. default right. character. Yeah, that's the we thing. all have mm-hmm. to code Every, switch around now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that's exactly right. I think some white people do because that's just part of human nature. Like, especially white people who do, for whatever reason, move between black and white worlds. You know, what's or, up, bro? Yeah, exactly. Or or it's or true. just like you know, everyone's a little bit different from the work friends right. and with their family, whatever. Yeah. But it to the we do it as like kind of a means of survival. Yeah. And I don't know that they have to do they it. Don't have, they don't have a sense of uh, urgency yeah. with regard to surviving in different environments. Yeah, like when they're in a job interview, they don't think about taking on a different accent. They just speak the way they speak. Mm-hmm. A different affect, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, I think we all have that experience of, like, yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we, I th- <laughs> who doesn't have that experience? Exactly. You know? Yo, Internets, support for the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by the Spotify Original Podcast. Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty, hosted by me, Reggie Osei, a.k.a. Combat Jack. This story is about a music exec who changed hip-hop, and he shaped the careers of some of his most beloved artists, whether we're talking about LL Cool J, Missy Elliott, Diddy, Nas, 50 Cent, so many more. One of the most illustrious careers in the music industry, Chris Lighty rose to the top pinnacle of music success before a very untimely death. The story is more than just music. It's the story of the American dream. Internets. All this caca about ah, Spotify. Download it, motherfuckers. Download it. It doesn't cost you anything. Just download the app. It's a great... We've we spoon-fed y'all. Now it's time for y'all to listen to great podcasts on a different level. Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty is a Spotify original podcast produced by Gimlet Media and the Loudspeakers Network. Follow and listen to Mogul every week exclusively on Spotify and now back to the show. I mean, like, even being conscious of things like I'm going into a jewelry store and I feel like I have to, like, show you that my hands aren't in my pockets yeah. or they're, like, my purse is not, I don't have a backpack. Like, little things like that that a white person really isn't worried about. And, yeah, and also, like, speaking of a jewelry, like, when someone, like, mentions the price. Yes. Mm. You know, having... That's expensive. Yeah, yeah. like, I think, like, I, I have that, like, double-think reaction where it's like... Are I, you... I can't let them see me react right. to that. Right. Because... Of all of the assumptions, you know, and I don't know that I don't know that white people just go through the world like constantly like self-monitoring. I mean, I'll put it this way. If you're part of a marginalized community, you do it. So if you're a white gay person, I think you understand code switching. Right. Uh, But but just if we're talking about straight white men and in some cases, straight uh, white women, uh, they don't have to do it as often as a means of survival. Of course. Yeah. Now I gotta congratulate you guys on the success of the show. Thank you. Thank um, you. you guys have a hundred percent score rating on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Is Certified that true? That's true. Yeah, and yeah. And, and, and like I'm noticing that all of our, our, our you know, the, the cream yeah. of the crop, like Black Entertainment, is like <laughs> at the top five percent, top five percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Man, shout out to Get Out and yep. and who else in that? Like, Barry Jenkins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. How's this feel? Is this does this feel like a renaissance to you of, of like Black Entertainment? It does. Mm-hmm. I, I think we can't take it for granted because we've been Atlanta. Shout out to Atlanta by the yeah. way. Yeah. Insecure. Yeah. Insecure. Yes. Yep. Uh, we've been here before, you know, like in the 90s, black was really in vogue. Um, and in the 80s, when yeah. black was in vogue. And in the 70s, when That's black true. was in vogue, like every other era, we've been in vogue, and then something happens, and then we're no longer in yeah. vogue. But I, I do think that this is the first time where you have multiple, like, for instance, like my show, Issa's show, Atlanta, they're all about the experience of young black people, but they couldn't be more different from no. each mm-hmm. other. No. And what that is subtly suggesting is that black people are human. We're not this one thing. Like, you can't, I know. Are we human? (laughs) You can't just watch one of the shows and get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that that's 
great because that's where white people live in the culture right. since you know time immemorial. Of course. <laughs> you know, you don't even think about them as white shows. You just just multiple shows. It's shows and then it's black shows. <laughs> yeah. or it's that Latin show. It's that yeah. Asian show. Yeah. You know, one thing I don't understand, man, and 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 I and I talk about this a lot on Twitter is how um, a society. How is it possible that a society has been studying us? Mm-hmm. studying our humanity, studying our physiology, studying our psychology since we got here. And it's 2017 and they still don't fucking get it. Like, I don't understand that disconnect because I think we have a good grasp on white people. White people right? mm-hmm. Because we have to see ourselves in white people. We don't have a choice. Like, when up until Barack Obama, you look at the president of the United States, you look mm-hmm. at most popular films and TV shows, most popular music, we have to imprint upon, we have to imprint ourselves upon the majority culture. We don't have a choice. And um, so I think that's part of it because they have the luxury of, of dropping it or not doing it. But the thing, like this black-white thing, I've been kind of talking about this a lot, it was an invention. It was invented in the 1700s to keep ex-slaves from being considered citizens. Yes. So this divide is intentionally designed to keep us separate and marginalized, and we're stuck in the aftermath of it. And so until and, 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 and as long as we are, it's gonna be like that. So there's no way around this shit, is there? <laughs> the only, like we're stuck. The only way around it is aliens, <laughs> like aliens. real aliens, aliens, aliens uh, <laughs> a common threat. Yes. Uh, no, I mean I I do think <laughs> it's the aliens. To me, aliens is the only fucking. Solution. I always th- I always think that too. Like, <laughs> if, if some green motherfucker comes down and starts, <laughs> they're gonna look. It's like they don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. We gotta be like yo. They were like you know we're all the same now. <laughs> green <laughs> or not, <laughs> we're all food. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, you you might be right. That might be the cure. Uh, but the thing is, like, it's never going to change unless white people join the conversation. Because, listen, right. and here's the deal. Like, and, and once again, there is really no urgency for them to join no the conversation. No urgency. Well, there is now. Well, I, I think that there is now. With, with this whole new era? This whole new, you, with your president? Yes. Well, not mine. No. But <laughs> I, because here's the thing. I do think for the first time, straight white men in particular mm. are having to confront the fact that American racism, specifically American racism against black people um, puts a completely incompetent, egomaniacal narcissist in control of the highest position in the land. This is the perfect example and of we're how all in jeopardy white because of male it. supremacy works. Yeah, like, and we're all in jeopardy because of racism against black people. Yes. And, and, not and sexism against women. Absolutely, mm-hmm. sexism plays a part. But let's be clear, it, a lot of this is in response to the fact that we had a black president of since, course. since he took office. Of course. One of, one of our best presidents. Yeah, one of our Everything from, you know, trying to repeal Obamacare to the tax. Just trying to erase his name from history right. is so clearly a motivation mm. for so much of this. Um, and I think white, straight liberals are, are, they have to. It is a matter of urgency for them to awaken to it now uh, in a way that it just wasn't before. You know, a question I posited yesterday was, you know when, you know, the, the classic Chris Rock story, there's, there's black people and there's niggas. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, we, we I mean, and I, and I put it in a way that some people were offended because I was joking, like, mm-hmm. us respectable Negroes. Mm-hmm. You know how us respectable Negroes, when we see some niggas, sometimes mm-hmm. we get embarrassed. Yeah. And I asked a question yesterday. I, I wonder if some white people are embarrassed mm. by the presence wow. of their, of, is, it, is it your president? No, I'm not. Not your president? Logan? No. Okay, so their president. Like, yeah, I wonder if I there's a sense of embarrassment. Because we, we they ha- I think they have a different sense of identity, yeah. uh, collective identity than we do. We are judged by our people. They mm-hmm. necessarily are judged by the individual. So I wonder if there's a sense of embarrassment. 
I don't. I think to a degree. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's a tricky one. I've, I've, <laughs> I've met some. Listen, this is actually. This is actually. Well, if they don't own like the fact that their ancestors were slaves, then mm. why would they own yeah. this? That's true too. Well, you know what? Mm. I, there's, there's like, I, I'll tell, I'll talk about a tweet that one of our writers, Jack, wrote after the election. <laughs> after the election, one of our. our White guy on our staff, Jack, he uh, tweeted, fuck white people. <laughs> and this tweet, by the way, was taken way out of uh, context, but like really crazy trolls on Twitter. I'm not going there. But he, you know, I. Dear white d- people writer is racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this show is so about y'all, white y'all added gasoline to yeah, the flame. Well, I, did, I mean, this was like months before, you know, right. the show came out, so we didn't know. But um, he, uh, but you know, I do think that there are some white people. Who are, are feeling embarrassed? I don't think that that's like the majority. Right. Um, but it's again, it's not even about being embarrassed for your race. It's about we're all citizens of this country. Like we should well all said. be embarrassed yes. by this. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, mm-hmm. he's, an, he's an embarrassment as an American. Yeah. Like when period. I travel, when I travel offshore, I'm like, yeah, well, I, 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 <laughs> got, yeah, no, I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I got nothing. The fact that our country. Is being run by this incompetent yeah. and clown. We, we're all a part of this country, so we are all a part of the system that allowed for this to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny. I remember traveling to uh, Belgium 10 years ago, and this guy at this bar, the more we drank, started getting more aggressive against me. And then real- mm-hmm. I realized, like, yo, he might want to fight me. And the reason why he wanted to fight me was because he couldn't understand how we allowed, quote-unquote, allowed a second-term Bush. Bush presidency. Wow. Like and so it was like Same. I, you know and this is Bush <laughs> and Bush right now is oh looking my, my, oh like my like God. I love like Bush right saint. like I always had a soft spot for Bush cuz I always felt that He looks like a saint now. I always felt that I didn't think he was evil. <laughs> I just crazy. think that he was forced Dumb. into that position he even with the towel. He didn't want to do he didn't want he didn't want it was his papa's, you know. He was a puppet. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. looking at Bush right like how does Bush look so good? That's bad. Because this dude is just <laughs> insane. He's insane and we literally, I mean, it just boggles my mind. Like, people were so miffed by a black president that they literally, like, enabled the craziest, most incompetent Com- person. I mean, it's just that's really... How, that's how... And, and but, but it's scary. to see that that's what they did. But it's, it's scary to me because um, we had Michael um, J. Wood. Michael, Michael, Michael Woods. Michael, Michael Wood Jr. Mm-hmm. Michael Wood Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Baltimore, former, former Baltimore police officer, white yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just recently moved to L.A., and he was saying how, in the face of uh, an unlevel playing field, mm-hmm. equality seems unjust. Yes, right? absolutely. And and what what that has me thinking is, if America really started to live up to its its values, its core values, as as is written in the Constitution, all men are created equal. And if we really started to see a form of of vast equality amongst everyone, mm-hmm. amongst everyone, I feel somebody would push the button. Like I feel mm-hmm. somebody would rather blow this ball up. Right. Than experience, it, what equality might because 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 I'm already looking at it. They already pushed a button with this dude. Right, right, yeah. I mean, the other thing, the other thing too is like we just <laughs> we don't talk about slavery. Like we just don't. Like it's a week in a history class. It's a month mm-hmm. maybe out of the year. Twenty eight days. Yeah, where people talk about what you know, someone he invented peanut butter or whatever. But like the truth <laughs> is, is like cotton mill. We make this joke in the show, and it's so <laughs> true. Like in Germany. They instill in their citizens not just a week in school, but their entire educational lives. They are like they talk about the Holocaust. Yes, like the names of, of Jews that were killed are in the pavement, or you know, in in the main cities. Like you cannot escape 
the atrocity of the Holocaust. And so what happens is they have an informed citizenry that un, that will never do that again. And we just don't do that with slavery. But we you got to understand our racism is so delicious. It's, uh, it's so <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's, so, it's also really profitable. It's, it's profitable. I mean, this whole, you know, mm. turning back and like mandatory mm. minimum sentences. I mean, what, 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 what purpose is that other than to, yeah. you know, make jails profitable again? You know what I'm saying? Or make corporations are literally getting free labor from black men in yeah, jail? Yeah, like yeah exactly. The new Jim Crow, right? disgusting. All right. Let, before, we dis, before we depress ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> And our Over audience, man, how white pe- right. how are white people enjoying, dear white people? What do you think, Logan? I think they're loving it. I've had so many people come up to me and just want to talk about the show, yeah. whether it's just about the characters. I mean, talking about white people seeing themselves in these characters. Justin's talked about that some. It's it's a, it's it's the goal. It's yeah. one of the goals. Um, and then having white people say. Hey, I had, you know, a Muslim roommate in college and, you know, I didn't realize that this thing I said wasn't okay. Like watching the show has made me rethink before I speak even. I mean, little things like that. Yeah. And um I th- I think everyone really likes the show. Yeah, I mean, it's Maybe been... I'm in a bubble well no when the teaser came out you know the alt-right got in a tizzy but since the show's come out i'll, I'll be honest with you it's like 95 percent positive and the five percent negative i get they're completely insane right like they're not like reasonable <laughs> they're, they're people yeah, yeah, yeah and you check they've got three followers yeah you Is know they're an egg yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah it, it's and it's just i mean they're really really fringe opinions so I gotta say, I mean, I think white people love the show. <laughs> Let's talk about that backlash, man, because because yeah. I hadn't seen a backlash like that in a while. I thought Get Out was gonna get that that, that I know, backlash. No, and it really mm. it didn't. They but, snuck it in. Yeah, they. St- I mean, I I was like, yo, well, they when, tricked white people. They, they did. Well, but I saw it like I saw it like a yeah. before it came out. I was like, oh, yeah. They, they, but they gotta come smart. out with the pitchforks and the torches. Smart. They advertised that it's just a straightforward horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. you didn't really know what you were getting right. into right, once right, you right, got right. in. Horror humor. But you could not avoid dear white people. Like, let's talk about that that backlash, man. Was it frightening at a certain point? It was not frightening. No? I was, I was, I it was, was everywhere. It felt personal when the movie came out because right. that was my first experience. But with the show, it wasn't frightening, and let me tell you why. Because it was so ludicrously um, not. It was, it was so. It was such an absurd reaction to what really amounted to a one-minute teaser trailer that just was really a date announcement where a black girl goes on the radio and asks white people to stop wearing blackface. Right. There was nothing about... But, but motherfuckers stop wearing blackface. Yeah, yeah, which is a like, completely reasonable like, request, nigga, like, by it's the 2017. Way. <laughs> but, like, I, there but, are other costumes. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the outrage was so obviously manufactured. and the, you, the, you spoke about that. Yeah, like it, was, bots? it was completely manufactured. I mean, I think that there certainly was a contingency of people that felt some type of way, but I think that they were way more concerned with creating a talking point to rally their supporters and they were really offended because I mean when you look at who was doing it none, none almost none of them had a real face in their profiles very low follower numbers these are clearly just bots and you know it's it's fake outrage and they were able to make it into the press that there was a quote-unquote boycott there was no real boycott. of ne- Netflix right yeah there was no real Netflix boycott just like there was no Starbucks boycott like right. they were they were just making talking points so they could make the news and right. so one it I so I wasn't afraid because it was so transparent to me and um, because I also knew the show that I made right mm-hmm. and I knew that what I was doing had nothing to do with what they were projecting onto me it made me sad but frightened no how, what was Netflix response? Were they completely supportive? Complete where they were like, support. "Hey, hey, Justin, you might you, you might slow down. Can we change the name?" Complete support. From, yeah. uh, like literally the day after 
got an email from the head of the company saying I'm so proud to be in business with you guys. So does that mean is there a season two? I hope hmm. so. Has, has that been announced yet? It has not been announced. But but uh, but how do you feel? I mean, do you I feel good. Yeah. I feel positive about yeah, it. I still have to watch the last two episodes. Man. Yeah, I still gotta watch. <laughs> but you know, one of the things you did say that kind of answers my question also is. I don't want to get into it, but there's this particular turning point in this one episode. I think it's episode five where, yeah. where you see the division between the white students and the black students, mm -hmm. and then you see the unity. Mm -hmm. And I think what your show does very well is, 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 is maintain its sense of being uncompromisingly black, mm -hmm. but not to the exclusion of whites. And, I'm, right. and, and it's not even mm -hmm. like pandering or kowtowing or whatever. It's just this is your vision that you see. Can you talk about that? I mean, to me, it's like... <laughs> It's a it's a conversation that involves all of us. It's not you know. And again, my experience of being a black person is not being around all black people. I've just never had that luxury. Right. And when I am around all black people, it can be a little awkward. Just not now, but when I was growing up, just because I mean, I got the you talk white thing, and you know, who do you? Th I've got I got that stuff growing up, so it was kind of awkward. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So for me to try to have this conversation and not include white people in it is just feels passe. Right. I just feel like. There's no other way to do it at this point. Yo, talk about the Twilight Zone type quality <laughs> that, that you guys must have experienced when you wrap this season uh, on election day. You like, know what? talk about that. I'm gonna say I'm gonna pass this one to Logan for one reason alone because this young woman and John Patrick, uh, who plays Gabe, we were filming a really heavy scene in the midst of getting those election results. And these, they were able to hold it Jesus. together in a way that was really remarkable. It was, that was a task. I mean, our entire, you also got to think, on a wrap day of a show, people are excited, right? There are gifts, there's food trucks, there's dessert, Mannequin challenges. Mannequin <laughs> challenges in Armstrong Parker. I mean, it is Amazing. Everyone's having a great time. It's also election day. We voted early. People are assuming that by the end of the day, we're going to be in victory. <laughs> we got duped. And we got right around after lunch, and things started to change. People's phones are out. The TVs are on. And everyone on set is just depressed as yeah. hell. Yes, that should hurt. And we were... John Patrick and I were about to shoot. We actually shot, or it was a reshoot of mm -hmm. a scene from the first episode where, where you know, he comes in and he's like, "Oh, is that the party?" and hate it when Bay leaves that scene. And I had to take John Patrick by the wrist and drag him outside of the of the entire studio and be like, "This, this doesn't exist for us right now. Right. We can't, we right. can't live in this world right now because." Right. By the end of the night, you know where I was? I was crawled, burled, balled up in a corner, hyperventilating, crying on the phone with my mom. Couldn't do that yeah. in the middle of the scene. But how crazy that I'm just, this show I'm grateful was... that y'all held it together because, I mean, the crew was falling apart. Right. Yeah. I was falling apart. Right. And, I mean, I remember I had to give an announcement, like, guys, I know, I know, I know. But we gotta get through this day, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and I and I and I remember I was stuck in traffic going home from the shoot, ah. and it was it was like right when Were one you of listening those, to the news, yeah, it was like right when one of those last states was called where it was like she's not gonna win, and I just remember like I it's so surreal like whenever I see footage of like the glass ceiling breaking and she gets the nomination or like people like you know oh she's gonna win like just footage it's like ptsd did you guys like watch the screen horrifying. when he like walks out were you watching tv or no no, no i, 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 turned, I, I turned it off unfortunately i was I got, and that was the worst probably the worst yeah, experience I of went, my life i i uh you know i i enjoyed certain herbs uh that were available in california at the time and i i, I, I turned the television off and before uh, you leave you have to connect me to your friend who 
the proprietor <laughs> the herb garden. some of these uh, <laughs> special <laughs> herbs. Yeah, they're really like rosemary, uh, oregano. Thyme. Yeah, yeah, just, you know. Cilantro and such. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sage and such. <laughs> Internet. Today's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you specifically by Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed for people with coarse curly hair and sensitive skin. Let's run down these numbers. Up to 80% of black men and women experience razor bumps, and up to 30% of all men and women experience razor bumps. You don't have to be a part of the statistics anymore. Stop that. Start shaving smarter with Bevel. Nine out of 10 Bevel customers continue to come back because they see the results. A clean shave that leaves their skin smooth and glowing and reduce razor bumps and irritation. And Father's Day is around the corner. We're used to getting caca for gifts. And Old Spice. Nasty ties that we don't fucking, we don't even go to church and y'all getting us church church socks and, and ties. We don't want that shit. You know what I'm saying? We don't want, Nana, put the, put the needles down. We don't need no scarf. We want, everybody wants a bevel. Go surprise your pops, man. You never know. Your pops, your pops always aspires to be great. He's holding down the family. Make him feel good, man. Surprise him with his first bump-free shave by getting him a bevel. And right now you can get $30 off of a 90-day supply of the bevel shave system. When you go to getbevel.com slash jack, that's getbevel.com slash jack to save $30 on a 90-day supply of the bevel shaving system. I wish, I wish I didn't have bevel so that I could get into my kid's ass and tell them to get me a bevel. This is Bevel Inception. Listen, get a gift of good, smooth, bump-free shave with Bevel to your pops. Get Bevel.com slash Jack. I'm out. Back to the show. So, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is you've been living with this property for over 10 years. You started writing this uh, during George Bush's second term, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah that's right. It was right before Obama. Right. So mm -hmm. it was like pre-post-racial. Yeah. And now it's super post-post-racial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So is this an effect? Is Dear White People, the, the show that we're, we're watching right now, is it a period piece huh. that existed before mm. Trump's America? Like, would your vision of, 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 this, of, this, of this institution yeah. be different had it been germinated and created and delivered I don't think during so. this period. I don't think so because we. I was constantly rewriting it. Okay. I think the movie. I think the movie exists as a document of where we were before all of this stuff burst. I think right. the movie mm -hmm. is very much um, the world of Winchester in the film is a world in which you really can't talk about racism because everyone is so colorblind that they're blind to the experiences of people of color. Right. But I think the show certainly embraces the times in a much more straightforward way because while we were writing the show all of this was happening like right. trump was like moving up the ranks like it was we were terrified then and we were all of the but races, it still wasn't a reality it wasn't a reality but it was the, a nightmare but the but the underlying the underpinnings that made it a reality were very much evident right. and you know in that writer's rooms i mean we are students and we like really try to get to the heart of issues and so you know the the, the fact that like races were emboldened uh that was not like that was very much in the culture and the zeitgeist. And I got to say, as crestfallen as I was the night of November 8th when we wrapped, um, the next week I got right back into yes. editing and I'm in episode three. Right. And uh, one of the characters makes a statement about uh, the patriarch, the corporate republic we call America. And I was just like, thank God we wrote the show mm. because like we are commenting on it right. in a way that I don't think we realize how hard it would hit. But the show, I think, you know, just really through the universe, I'd have to say, is about where we are right now in a way that I don't think we could have prepared for. Right. 
Hypothetically, season two. Yeah. How does how does how does how does how does how does the show look different? To me, it's all about going deeper. Right. It's all about sh- making you feel like you think you know these characters. You may have spent some time with them, but you don't know their deepest secrets. You know that th- you don't know the things that they go home with at night. And I also think the um, the sort of counter activism, uh, the so called alt right, sort of taking on these racist causes as a kind of activism in the 21st century. That's something I'm very interested in exploring because nice. being a target of it. Uh, was really eye-opening, and I did a deep, dark dive into their culture. How so? so. Well, you know, first of all, my boyfriend, because I didn't really know what was happening. I was like, how are these many people hitting down, like, on on YouTube? Like, how is this even possible? And he sort of introduced me to, oh, well, this is, you're being the target of a a web brigade, and this is what they do. How does he know this? Because he's a techie, and he's worked in, like, you know, uh, tech for a while. And so he just sort of, like, I started, you know, first it started with Wikipedia, then it went Urban Dictionary, and then I went on to, like, you know, 4chan and, like, these, like, subreddits, (laughs) and I just kind of, like, immersed myself in a bit with their memes and their their points of views. And it was. I couldn't do that, man. It, it was, but I, I was doing it. You, as, went, you went to hell. I was well. I was doing it you, as a you student, walked, though. You walked in. But there's a distance. There's a distance when you get to just study it. Yeah, you were a tourist in hell. Because the truth is, I'm, I'm gonna whip this up and put it into story right, because that's what I do. So right. it was. It actually was very interesting because at the core of it is this feeling that I'm unheard and and this feeling that like the majority culture doesn't get me. And what's so bizarre about it is that's exactly how Black people feel. I think we I think our feelings are statistically backed up <laughs> by actual oppression, but the feeling is very similar. Yes. And I think that that's interesting and that's an interesting thing to explore how these two wildly different sides have the same pain. Uh, I think that's interesting. Justin's interesting. also talked about going deeper into some of the characters who you don't get to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Joel, who you sure. don't get to really like. Yeah, Joel you know, is walk like, with her as much. The, I mean, everyone's like, "We where's the Joel episode though?" <laughs> so I got you. <laughs> I got you. It's coming. Once again, no spoilers, man. Sh- maybe I should not say that. I can't. This, this is a spoiler. <laughs> People should have seen it the series already, right? Can, yeah, can we drop it's a been out for fun. almost three weeks. Half a spoiler. Like I, I, I didn't see the backlash like yet, but someone dies on the show. <laughs> Somebody died on the show. I was like, what the fuck? Not laughing at like, that. That, that fucked it's me up. Death. Now I haven't followed. I haven't watched. It, but is uh. there like a follow up to that? Like. Or did yeah. he just die? Like, is it like, no, his, did he die in vain? No, his death, <laughs> his death very much is Holy part, of, a shit. part of the the world of the story. You Binge went there, drinking. B. Like, you really went there. <laughs> it's not really a spoiler because people who have seen the movie have not, they they you're not gonna see it coming. I Yo, promise. I was like, what? <laughs> um, um, Logan, Sam lights up every scene. Wow. She she lights up every scene. Like, would you say that she's the main character of the show? Thank you for saying but, that. But would you say that, I, either of you? Like, I see her as the glue that like links all of these characters. Hence me. My, my, my personal, this is my first time being number one on the call sheet. Right. And for me, I take that leadership role seriously. And so in the way that my parents supported me to no end growing up, and that's what made me want to do what I do so well, I want to give that back. So I feel like I'm, I'm, the, I'm my cast's number one fan. And I see them all as like, I see us all as these stars of the show because it's multi-protagonists. Right. We kind of are all these 
stars of this thing. And I think I just kind of link them all together. But, that's, a, but that, that's not really what the point of my, my question is, is your DMs lighting up right now? That's hilarious. <laughs> are, they, are they lighting up right now? I've had some really strange experiences. I've heard some voicemails. It's fine. There are some stories. <laughs> I won't out people. No, but don't out anybody, but some is people, it crazy now? I mean, some people, like, some some people you'd be very surprised yes. uh, about are, like, like thirsty. Um, like industry, like industry, sweet. industry, like cat? sweet, but sweet but thirsty. Like like you set, tea. you set the trap, and here comes the thirst, right? <laughs> how, I mean, how, how are you dealing with that? It's it's a new like you've been working in this game for a long time, but how are you dealing with this newfound level of fame? I guess I don't realize that. I don't. I, my parents are just like. My dad was this the most humble guy, and and just treated everyone the same, and so I just feel like. I, I treat everyone the way I wanted to be treated. I don't know. I don't really, un I guess I don't get it. Maybe I don't right, get it. Right. Maybe I'm oblivious to but it. But now you have access to a lot more, like you can now DM whoever the hell you want. You know what I will say? I do appreciate the fact that I'm in a place in my life where I can um, start making choices that matter and, right. and, and say things that matter and people will listen. And I feel like not everyone deserves to have that kind of, um, attention because they don't do the best things with it. Right. So I do appreciate that I'm in a place where I can um, highlight the people in my life who do great things. Your, your media training is so on point right now. I don't have <laughs> any media training. <laughs> oh, that was that was so, but that was so well delivered. Oh, thanks. That was so well delivered. <laughs> now, Justin, before we we went on air, you were talking about how you've shut down your 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 Twitters. Just on just on my phone. Just on, on your my phone? phone. Really? Yeah. How? How? So sway? it's not it's how? not it's not permanent. Okay. Right. What but happened? Like you got you get all this. You, you're in the center of like this force of nature <laughs> when white America comes at you, and yeah. you can, you're, you're standing in the middle of that. But here's what strong. was happening. What the fuck happened, here's, B? Here's what was happening. <laughs> what was happening is I'd get up around 7 a.m. Yes. The first thing I do is check my phone because I need to know what time it of is. Of course. Next <laughs> thing I do is go into Twitter. Notifications. Yes. And then I'm immediately sour for the rest of the day. <laughs> Because of whatever Trump just said and did, oh no, and whatever article just came out, and I just find myself no. just retweeting like, "Oh my no. God, we have to get him out!" And I'm like, I'm no. only talking to the people that already agree with me. One, and right. but and but two, like, don't don't let Trump, yeah, but, but build the, other, the wall around you. But the you other, thing, but the other Twitter? thing too is like, you know, it really is kind of addictive. Like, yes, because I am getting more attention on Twitter than right. I have before. And just hitting that refresh button, saying, "Oh, what you got? Oh, you like the show too? <laughs> Retweet." Like, it just felt a little dirty, <laughs> and and is it cathartic uh, a little bit? Yeah, it was it was it was cathartic, but it was also like, I should get my dopamine fix from other things. So like, my thing is like, I'm still on Twitter, and I will put it back on my phone. By the way, put it back on your phone, bro. But I just like I needed a week off. It really okay. was a you know my boyfriend challenged me to do a week just right. because I I honestly was waking up pissed off right. and. You know, uh, we talked about I'm a Buddhist. Like, I have a daily, a morning ritual I was trying to do, and it would just be derailed because I'd be so mad. <laughs> I would spend like two hours just retweeting, like, "Oh my God, Comey," or whatever the heck it was, and it was kind of it was wasting my time. It was wasting my time. Yeah. So I had to like. You know what? Let, let's talk about that. Like, yeah. like one of the things that we have in common is we're both practicing Buddhists. We, yeah, we, yeah. We both yeah. chant. We're Nichiren Buddhists. SGI. Yep. We chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. That's right. Um, I read that about you. Um, I've been practicing now for 27 years. It's amazing. And and my practice has gone from like super, like you know, like every year. Sometimes I'm super super focused. And yeah, I yeah. Chant that I eat that hour in the morning. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, man. Yeah. But I find now, even when I'm maintaining my morning ritual of chanting that hour, mm -hmm. 
half the time I'm scrolling through. Does, has that happened to you? Are you are you are you are you are you, are you, are you like are you like I started are you practicing right now? You like are you on social media and uh, chanting? No 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 no. I, no, I, you gotta I, help me, bro. I put it on I put it on airplane mode because I was the when I first oh started you gotta help me. This shit is Yo, so when I first started help me, Justin. I'm fake chanting right now, my dude. dude. This is what when I first started chanting, I'd be answering texts. Like I was like so I, I I try to put it on airplane mode just so I don't even have the temptation. Right. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I took Twitter off my phone because like I don't have to respond to everything. Right. Like it's I I it was getting to be a bit of a, a trap. <laughs> Guys, I'm really impressed that you can chant and text at the same time. You're not I mean, supposed to. You're not. But I'm not supposed to. Some of my members are gonna it. be like Reggie. We've all done it <laughs> yeah, yeah. though, you know. Um, but let's talk about your practice, man. How did you become a Buddhist and how did you apply it? Because I know about the practice. I know yeah, like yeah. how I apply it to the Combat Jack show. Yeah. Even though a lot of my niggas out there don't really understand that I'm doing that. But yeah, I want to sure. talk about your practice and yeah. what it means to you and how this helped you flourish. In so this. I was raised Catholic okay. and, you know. <laughs> I'm more Catholic than you, by the way. Really? More Catholic. How? What okay. is that? I'm more Catholic than any motherfucker I know. How? Okay, I got you. You want to you put some Go. money on it? <laughs> no. Anybody want to put some no, money on it? I just want to know okay. what you so, mean. Family's from Haiti. I'm first generation, right? Okay. In Haiti, the priesthood is like seen as like the fourth uh-huh. occupation: lawyer, doctor, whatever. Sure. Priest, right? <laughs> Out of my five uncles, four of them are Catholic priests. Wow! And my two aunts are Catholic nuns. So you were in it. So I grew wow. up like running around in the church, drinking the wine, yeah, yeah, altar you, boy. You, They're like, he's gonna be the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, you know so, all your creeds, Nicene's no, Creed, Apostles' Creed. No, I don't know. I don't know. I, I went know. to Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> I went to. I'm not Catholic, but went to Catholic yeah, yeah. school. So no. All so you, things. yeah, you, That's you so probably funny. would know them better than I. I just took it for granted, like. You still you can have the title though. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was raised Catholic, and at a certain point, as a gay black boy, you're like, there's something about this that's not working for me. And right. so I went on a spiritual journey, uh, and I was part of different churches. And did, you know, did, I did, uh, long story short, there was a point in my life when I started meditating. I was meditating twice a day, and it was really wonderful and introspective. Uh, but then I kind of dropped it, and then when. Basically, like I, I made this concept trailer for Dear White People. It went viral, and I decided to quit my job and just focus full time on trying to get this movie made. You risked it all. I risked it all. A year and a half later, the movie still wasn't made. I was broke. I was out of my unemployment checks. I really didn't know how next month's rent was going to come through. Um, and all the prospects that were, you know, seeming like they could make the movie happen had gone away and you know so of course this is the moment when a friend of a friend of a friend you know invites me to one of these meetings and i'm open to it because i'd already meditated right, right. and um was so it I, weird when you walked into this meeting man? it wasn't just because i've i had that meditation practice right. and i was already open to the idea well, all these of, super happy motherfuckers yeah they're Hi. real happy hey, hey, how's it going? Hey. oh oh you're Thank going you through, so you're going through a struggle congratulations, <laughs> congratulations. you know um <laughs> and so you know and i'm you know i'm I think like a lot of people who were raised Catholic, very anti-organized religion. Yes. So I was I was leery, but when I sat down and I started to chant, I couldn't deny yes. I couldn't deny what I felt, and you know what I felt was was something I only felt after I was like meditating in the best circumstances. Right. I just felt like I just felt a fire in my chest, and so I try to say, I, you know that when you start chanting, they say start chanting for what you want. 
So I started chanting about the movie, making it happen. I, I ended up house sitting for a friend for some extra cash. They were a Buddha. They I didn't know this, but they had a Gohanzan in their house, and the Gohanzan mm. is the is a scroll that you kind of chant with. Did they have an ill Butsudan? They had it? a Butsudan, yeah. and you know you chant with the scroll because it represents you and your life. Anyway, so I was like, okay, well this is a sign. So I started chanting to that Gohanzan, and then by the end of the week, when they came back, uh, and I was thinking like, okay, well I gave it a week, nothing really happened. I think, you know, this was a great experiment, yeah. um, but I, I'm not going to go get a Gohans. I'm not going to join this thing. And literally the this. last day that I had with my friends Gohans, I got a random text from another member saying, hey, would you like to get your own tomorrow? So I was like, okay, I can't really deny this. So I got my own. And long story short, I started chanting, and the last, the first person who passed in the movie ended up financing it. We wow. we had a budget all of a sudden that was way bigger than anything we were being proposed to. I was in production within a couple months. We got into Sundance. I met my life partner. I like you know all of this stuff happened. Your life well, opened up. My man. life opened up. But here's where the practice really took off for me. I got all of these things that I thought I wanted and thought I needed to make me happy, and I was miserable, and I couldn't get out of bed in the morning, and people would be like, you must be so excited, the movie's doing so well, and I would say yes, but I, I didn't really feel it, and it was the first time I had to realize, you know what, like, I have depression, and I've mm. had it my whole life, and I never knew that that's what this was, and I'd see those, like, commercials and, like, laugh at the white people who were so sad, and they had to take pills, you know, and, and I didn't realize that, like, I had this block from even just accepting blessings in my own life right. and then that's what my chanting practice became about it was it became about like how do i be happy no matter what happens yes and that's what it is that's about. really that's what, what it's about regardless if you have all the trappings that you need in life or yeah. nothing but that's the thing it like for for me chanting it forced me past that illusion that made me think oh i had to get all these things to be happy right. and right. I, I had been holding that my whole life and now i realize okay the happier i am the better my work is it's right. the other way around yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's just it really completely transformed my life it's a synthesis of everything I've learned and have studied my, you know, in my spiritual journey, it just feels right. So that's why I continue to chant. Human revolution, right? Yeah, man. There you go. Yeah. You know, what I find um, really refreshing about um, Dear White People also, and you don't really see this with regard to shows that are, you know, that have such a huge black cast and yeah. the black themed is the whole story of uh, sexual identity mm, mm -hmm. in college. You've never seen, I've never seen that. Sure. Like recently we see that in, in, in Moonlight, but I've never seen that right. in a college setting. Um, did you have a similar experience in college? Definitely. I mean, Lionel is, everyone, all of the characters are in some ways surrogates of me, but Lionel especially. Um, because like there was no version of me in the culture, so I didn't know how to be a gay black man. Right. No one had that example for me. Like the people in the culture, I didn't really relate to. Like I live for RuPaul. That's like one of my favorite people ever. But I wasn't RuPaul, right. like, and that was really the only one out there <laughs> who was gay and black. Right. And everyone else was in the closet, you know. And we there were suspicions, but so and so would never come out. So I didn't know how to do it, and that sort of like having to figure it out for myselfness really is what Lionel's about. Like, how do you figure out what you even are or who you are when none of it seems to fit? Right. And, you know, especially uh, coming up Catholic, there's just, it's a very weird experience yes. to realize that that's who, you're not the thing that you're supposed to be. And um, so it was really important for me to pour that into Lionel because, like I've said before, if I had Lionel when I was 12, 14, whatever, if I had Lionel when I was in college, if I could turn on Netflix and watch that character, 
It, this would have been a lot easier. <laughs> right, right, right. No, and, and, and the way you deliver that episode is amazing, man. Thank you. The, the thank way you, you deliver it is amazing. Well, only character that I don't see, and maybe this is from my own personal sure. um, experience in college, is, you know, at the time that I went to college, there was a strong inner-city recruitment program mm, going mm, on. Mm. And I don't see any, like, like kind of, like, middle-class thugs. Mm, I don't mm, I don't mm, see mm, any, mm, like, is that is that going to happen? Like, if there is a seat, like... They're there. They're, they're there. there. You just don't know about them You yet. know, that like, the cats that... I, like they yeah, come yeah. from like these working class yeah. well, or you these know solid middle class families, but they aspire right. to sell drugs with the townies. Right, right, right. You, well, you, you know what I mean? Coco, Coco is that, except she took the different route. Right. You know, she comes from the inner city. She right. came from a violent sort of neighborhood, uh, but she sort of uh, really put a lot of energy in covering that up. Yes, I'll say this: uh, we don't know everyone's origin story yet, and that's ah. very intentional. And there's characters who you think. Now, oh, that's that's a funny sidekick to that character. Mm -hmm. But one day that episode is going to pop on and you're going to go, oh, oh, we're going to go into this person now, you know. So uh, I, not only do I feel you on that, but, yeah, we're going there for okay. sure. Yeah. Logan, I got to ask. I mean, I have like, I don't know if how to, like I said, I have two episodes left. Gabe or Reggie? Because <laughs> I, like, I, I see the beauty in both relationships. Right. I do, too. I mean, Logan does. I, I, I mean, she gets to be... 100% you know free in herself with Gabe but there are parts of her that he doesn't understand and with Reggie I mean he's like he is the male version of her and the you know he's also black and just has this special experience and and Unique. charm and charisma about right. him so I mean, she's just like dipping her toe in all the ponds that was my, that was my favorite scene though I, I, I mean like I said I'm not getting into it but I felt Reggie's pain. And I was like, nah, bro. Nah, don't do it, bro. No, don't do it. Yeah. And the crazy but the fact that I'm rooting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I'm sorry, Justin. No, go ahead. No, but the fact that I'm rooting for a character, I'm like, nah, don't, don't, nah, nah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I kind of type don't like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you broke homie's heart. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. anyway, I'm not going to say anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the, the fun thing about these guys and, and – we put a lot of Easter eggs in the show, so when you ever get around to watching it a second time, if you do, there's stuff that you're gonna notice that you didn't notice before. Okay. Like, the looks that Reggie is giving Sam, before you realize how deep it is, are, to me, fascinating. <laughs> like, after you get it. Like, he is pining for her all no, the time. No, he's been, but I, I mean, maybe I maybe I haven't seen the Easter eggs that you so speak of, but yeah. from episode one, you could tell he's open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. from, like, he's the open. first, you could tell, like, like, I'm already thinking they're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's... it doesn't help that my name is Reggie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, outside of your, outside of Sam, who's your favorite character? Oh, uh, I I really love all of the characters for different reasons. I think I really do love watching Lionel. Um, I really. It's a different performance. His his whole it's performance really is different. It's really special. Yeah, he's he's really special, and Duran is nothing. Like Lionel, right. so to watch him is really um, a treat. But on, honestly, like it sounds so cheesy, all of the every single one of the characters does something really special right. that I'm drawn to. Even down to the freaking guest stars. Like there's the girl when when Gabe and Joel are walking around campus, and the girl is like, "Well, I'll let him know what she's really doing when she's at the library." And she cha does the chapstick. <laughs> I'm like, "That's brilliant." Who is she? <laughs> we want to know more. <laughs> no, I really think that casting like Kim Coleman did a great job casting. Nia, me, y'all got Nia. Yeah. What? That's, that's right. What? Yeah, that's right. Justin, who's your favorite character? 
<sighs> yeah, Justin, who's your favorite character? Well, uh, well, <laughs> I think I'm gonna uh, I'm go off. Cast. I'm sorry to put you on. A, a, no, 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 no. I, I didn't even think mind. of what I just did right here. No, no. I'm so sorry. You don't no, have to no. answer that if you don't want. No, to. No, no. Joel. Okay. And Kelsey. Right. I'm really excited about just because like they're and Al actually mm-hmm. those three characters have been in my head and have been in versions of the script for so long and I'm so like I'm just like I can't wait to put the storylines out there that I've had in my head for them. Right. So, you know, I think, look, I think I'm always going to have a, a soft spot for Lionel because that was me in college. Yes. And I feel and, like... And, and, and to interrupt you, his performances, like, you see vulnerability in all oh, of the characters. Yeah. But the vulnerability that he exposes is, is, is just... It's, it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. I mean, it, they're all beasts. Yeah. The, fu- the, the fun thing about Duran is, like she said, like, he's just so wildly different in regular life. It, it, should, it really is shocking to, to see, see him channel how this. easily he slips into right. that role. It's, right. it's really remarkable. Are you paying homage to Spike Lee's uh, school days? I have to because here's the thing: he like invented that. he invented the subgenre that I'm operating in, and I'm standing on his shoulders in this respect. Not, I'm not saying you know whatever. I'm just saying that like I would have never thought that I could make things like this with an artful uh, take about Black Lives if it wasn't for his work. So. Yeah, I had to, not only I, I felt a responsibility to pay homage to him. That's dope. I did. That's dope. Yeah. Um, Stanley Kubrick. That's 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 huge, my hero. Huge, 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 huge influence on you, right? Yeah, that's my hero. So you've been living with this with this with this property for ten years. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? What, what's your favorite genre? Is there what's what's the next move for you? What's and what's your favorite genre of, of movie? My favorite genre is actually musicals. Really? Musicals oh. and sci-fi are my favorite okay. genres. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So are you? Are we gonna see some musicals? Are musicals it. sci-fi? I'm working on what? it. What? No, I'm working. I'm working on it for real. I'm working on it. Um, there's a few musical projects that are in the works that hopefully will happen. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. And, and, and Miss Logan. I mean, I like both of those genres. I kind of <laughs> want to piggyback off of his, um, just because they're like they're they're happy and feel good and special and. And it's kind of like nerd culture. Right. I love that um, cult following and nerd culture. Um, so I, I'll just pick you back off of Justin. I'm just yeah. going to copy you. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you, just to put myself in the conference, this has been my best year, my favorite year, because awesome. my favorite genre is horror. Oh, And for man. the past five years, I've been on Twitter, like if oh. Hollywood ever minds a black person's perspective oh. or people of color so into good. horror, yeah. It's gonna be the next level, and then well, we. Like, I was like, he like, it was per like like. I will tell you this. Like Jordan Peele really and like it was personal to me, and we we had him on the show recently, was, and it was amazing. I was but I, I was beside myself in that movie. I was so <laughs> I was like, they let him do this, yes. and he did it so well, yes. and it was so successful. I like uncompromisingly black, oh but my but God. but satisfying to every de- demo that watched that movie. I'll tell you this: I, I've been working on a horror movie for the past five. Come years. Come on, you got to bring it, dude. I'm listen. Come on, put thanks the, to Jordan, I might you, have a shot. Can you? Put, no, no, no offense against the whole sci-fi musical thing, but can you just it's bring the, that horror, please? Script, bring that horror, listen, B. The script is done. Yo, hopefully we can yo, make it happen. Yo, yo, last yeah. question. Yeah, I ask all my guests this: <laughs> top five MCs. Ooh. See, the thing, this is gonna make me yeah, not feel yeah, black yeah, enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah gonna make yeah, me feel yeah. black enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> we could do this together. Slick Rick. No, you say separate. No, separate, please. Uh, Slick, Slick is good. Slick Rick. Good. Um, In no particular order. Okay. Yeah. No, there, there isn't one. Uh, cool Mo D. What? Uh, Jay. What? Z, Nas. What? 
uh, I'm gonna go with Tupac. Mm. That's a good list. Yeah. yeah, that's and we never criticize anybody's list. <laughs> never, like there's never been a bad. That's list. a good blend from errors. Yeah, <laughs> there's never been anybody that's been like tortured or crucified because so. <laughs> Ms. Logan. He prefaces it. Cash out. <laughs> this, is, this is a very, this is, don't you guys feel Kesha, free on here? Like, don't you I mean, I feel kind of Lock awkward. More. I mean, no, shut just up. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, wait, so, like, the okay, the definition of an MC is what? I mean, listen, whatever your definition is, somebody told me recently that one of their top fives was Big Bank Hank from the Sugar Hill Gang. Wow. From Rapper's oh. Delight. Wow. Okay. Which was the original, to right. me, sucker right. MC who bite, who bit somebody's rhymes. But right. without, but for Sugar Hill Gang, we would not have hip-hop as an industry sure. that we all enjoy today. So, yeah. like I said, once again, no no, no judgments. All okay. right. All right. Well, I'll get Jay out the way. He's on the list. Yes. Um. And I don't want to take your list, but Tupac has to be on my list. Okay. Mm. Um. Is it bad that Eminem's on my list? No, what? No, what? No. I love great. Eminem what? so much. Like Eminem, listen, listen. <laughs> Eminem, I don't think Eminem has put out hits in a very long time, but yeah. Eminem at the top of his game, yeah. run. I First love two his, albums. his characters. Run. Like, I just, run. I was a big fan. And Eminem's still deadly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, M-Pac. This kind of, maybe this is a little cheesy, but like LL, I just really like his vibe. Is LL, that bad? LL, LL, he's a goat. Okay. LL, okay. Is, okay. LL okay. is the goat. The, ori- okay. the, the original Drake. It's fine. <laughs> the, the original many things. The original everything. <laughs> um, That's a good addition to the list. Yeah. And then... Um, Pac, LLM. I'm trying to pick my... my fa- I have a favorite female. I'm trying to pick, though. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'll... I don't want to say Missy is my favorite, but, like... Cause she's I, I feel she's like six for me. Yeah, I feel like... Really? Yeah. I feel I feel like... Who uh, Who are some other good female... I mean, to me, it's a toss between Latifah and Lauren. Yeah. Latifah. Lauren. Lauren. Done. Lauren. Done. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Lauren. She's real. Yay, Listen, I did it, guys. I'm, am I black enough? Yeah. <laughs> this is so black right now. Black power, but... You, bo- you both said Pac. Are you yeah. guys excited for the uh, the Tupac movie? I'm always cautiously optimistic about biopics. Same, yes. same, always. same. Yes. Cautiously yeah. optimistic. I wanted to play Jada. Optimistic. Did you? I auditioned, didn't get it. I could yeah. see you as Jada. Sure. What? Cat got it, though. People always say me and Cat look alike, oh, so yeah, 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 that yeah. worked. What? Yeah. Well, when they do the will... Yeah, 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 yeah. Will yeah. and Jada, Jada you're gonna who's gonna play Jada? Who's gonna play Will? Yeah, um, I don't know. Right, we'll, we'll meet him Michael later. Michael B. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, it's, it's been it's been great having Thank you guys you for having on us. the show, man. Continued success. Thank you. Um, if there is, I look forward to a season two. Me too. Um, I can't I can't <laughs> wait to go back home and finish binging Yay. for the rest of the episode of season one of Dear White. I have not seen the movie yet. Cool, so cool. I have to go back and see the movie. Check it out. But continued success and thank you so much. Same thank you. Thank you, for you so us. much for what y'all really are doing. Really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. King. Yeah. Yo, listen, man. Much success. I'm going to make sure. To pay your bill? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm going to watch it. Pay that visa. Put that visa down, man. <laughs> I don't have a visa. Stop playing. Man. I'll give you my pad of MasterCard. Nah, man. Much, much more success, man. This was, uh, I can't wait to drop this episode, man. Yeah, definitely. Thank yeah. you. Internets, you know what it is. Dream those dreams. dreams. <laughs> and then man up, woman up, and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white. And the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Come hey. through. Wow. Awesome. Hey, yo, Internets, do not forget this week's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you 
by the new Spotify original podcast, Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty, hosted by me, Reggie Osei, Combat Jack. Mogul details one of the most illustrious careers in hip-hop and Chris Lighty's rise to the pinnacle of musical success before a tragic and ton- untimely end. His story is bigger than just music. It's broader than that. It's bigger than hip-hop. It's a story of the American dream told with dope beats over dope rhymes. Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty is a Spotify original podcast produced by Gimlet Media and the Loudspeakers Network. Follow and listen to Mogul, The Life and Death of Chris Lighty, every week only on Spotify. Motherfuckers, download the app. It doesn't hurt you nothing, man. It's not like no app that puts the feds into it. Like, no, we, we don't not, we're not on that fed shit. Just download the app and listen to the show. It's the best shit we ever gave y'all. This episode of the Combat Jack Show is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King, and this is an official Loudspeakers Network production. <laughs> <laughs>